All right. We're all here today. Anyone not here? If you're here, just be here, right? A little key for courting a girl, guys. If you ever get to the chance to be with the person you're trying to woo into your world, uh, when you go out, actually be present. You know, if you pay attention, it's actually better than if you act like you're bored stiff and that girl may never want to see you again. So I'll just do the same as dating when you're here. Just, just be present, right? Okay, the humor's done. We have so much going on. Wow. It's overwhelming, the excitement here in the room. All that going on makes you want to take a good nap this afternoon. (laughs) We had a wonderful uh, encounter last week, this week. God has really changed our church. We're definitely an international church. we always were in that we were always involved internationally with missions, but it's happening more and more and more. Choice of church to come to if you want to be active. Um, if you just want to plop in a chair and hear good teaching and not change, we're not your spot. Because we are really more about apprehend the will of God, uh, invest in everything. Invest in your relationships, invest in your marriage, invest in God, invest in your kids, invest in your grandies. One bumper sticker you'll never see on any vehicle that Kim and I drive, you'll never see a damnable bumper sticker that says we're spending our grandchildren's inheritance. That is what's wrong about America. And the counsel is when you die, die broke. Kim and I are planning on doing that because when we exit the globe, we aren't going to have a trailer to take any of it with us. And we are going to make sure that, that we have put it all on the field with God's purposes, educating our kids, music, education, communication, whatever we can. When I'm not the senior pastor here, again, I'm not going to be sitting on a beach flying kites all the time. I'm going to be all over the world, and, uh, and I'm going to be encouraging youngsters, and uh, I'll be popular till the day I die. Not as a speaker, as a cheerleader. A lot of narcissists can really communicate, but no, but no one loves them. It's the person that leans on your fence rooting for you, you're at bats. That's the person you love. That's why I'll die popular. It's why Kim will die popular. Because we'll be probably praying, encouraging someone at our, at our deathbed. We'll get a lot of hand clapping and all that up in heaven, but while we're here, we are supposed to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, which is... He didn't come to be served, but to serve others and lay his life down a ransom. 
Could you imagine if all of America actually quit eating dope and living for themselves and abandoning one another? If everybody actually lived for God and lived to make their family better? Just that change would be immense. I'm still on a time limit, even though this is a second service. And I have so much to say. And a lot of what I say is going to really be culminated in a picture because a picture is worth a thousand words. But we're doing this Faith Forward series to really kind of talk about what God is doing in, in joy. There's, there's a whole advance that we're doing, and that is we are really geared at allowing people to come in, come into Jesus, get connected with God's people, find their purpose in God, and get commissioned because, trust me, the cat's out of the bag. We're ascending church. Right now, right now, in prayer, we're birthing Joy Church Chicago. Joy Church Chicago already exists. It already exists because it's in me. I already believe that Josh and Coco will go to Wheaton or will go to Chicago. We're going to be sending them there in March again to go spy out the land. Joy Church Chicago already exists in my mind. And on and on it goes. Joy Church Salem. Joy Church Red Bluff. Come on now. This is not a church for people to come in and be lazy and stupid and never grow. It's a place to come in and say, God, what the, I want to be where somebody's doing something. We're going to do something. We may not have money. We may not have a lot of common sense. But we're going to get up and do something this year. You shouldn't ever let me eat a donut hole. It just does this to me. But someone told me years ago that it's the donut that's fattening. The donut holes are calorie free, aren't they? I'm pumped up in my spirit. Oh, about yourself? No. I'm really bored with me. I know all my jokes. But I'm really excited about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm really excited about seeing people being able to really move into ministry and care. You've wondered why Jamie Kelly's so slim. She's threw 30, you know, 32 tons of food in the back of people's cars. You want to look like her and Skyler, you better be there at the food pantry. That's 32 tons. That's bigger than my whole family in a family weigh-in. I don't know what to do it, Joy. You go to Mama Kim, she'll get you aligned. Well, I don't have time. Yeah, you do. God's doing great things. We want us to believe and move ahead like we've never moved before. There are four core areas that we really believe that, that, that God has given us faith for, and they also happen to correspond with the four weeks that we do in, in uh, the growth track. How many of you have been to growth track? Today, Kim and I are actually speaking, which means she'll let me introduce what we're doing, and then she'll actually speak because I'm too slow. But in the four areas of growth track, that's what we're talking about in this Faith Forward. And so last week, Natalie did a masterful job of talking about getting connected with God. 
I hate it when she preaches, because then if I follow, it's like, okay, lower your expectations, it'll be okay. But today we're, we're talking about groups being engaged with the body of Christ. Wow. I was thinking of a crazy story my dad told me. My dad was into boxing. It was non-licensed boxing. It was usually around the outside of dance halls. And he was what you might call a street yard pugilist. The kind of guy that would, you know, and my dad when he was young, he's just blonde-haired German kid, looked baby-faced, just rowdy. And one day he was in Medford, and about four guys pinned him into a corner. And probably some chicanery that my dad had pulled previously had irritated someone, and they were there with three friends to take that baby face smile off my dad. So dad was in the corner getting ready to defend himself when a car pulled up. Guys that dad said, I didn't know one of them, but somebody had a man voice. Hey, Gene, you need help? And it was a carload of guys. And the, the people, the attackers, they hadn't thrown any blows, they vanished. That's small group. John, I want you in my small group. <laughs> now me, I would have already been negotiating, maybe trying to plant a church out of those attackers. But dad never forgot that about the guys that rescued him that he didn't know, but they were there in time. Small groups. I'm gonna be preaching my life message today. We're gonna to try to cover some scripture because we at Joy believe, not all of you, not all of you bought into it, Many of you are deceived. You think that every day is going to be okay, that the sun's going to shine every day, that you don't need anything, we don't need hospitals, we don't need colleges, we don't need universities, I'm going to live off the land. I had a number of friends that were trying to live off the land. They said you were, you'd live better if you dove the dumpster at McDonald's. Then going out there with your sharpened machete and trying to find wild gourds. Man was meant to, we were built by God sociologically to need one another. That's why our, our, our babies are born so helpless. Because God is trying to say, this is really the way you always will be. You're going to need parenting. You're going to need affirmation. You're going to need love. You're going to need training. You're going to need accountability. And when do you stop being your mama's baby? My mom is here today, and I'll always be her baby. And she always tells me how skinny I am. <laughs> what have you guys done for me lately, huh? Groups are life. Groups are life. 
Some negative examples in Proverbs 18.1, it said, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. In, in my vernacular, he seeks his own trip. Me and my man, we got our thing going down. We don't need nobody, man, you know. Everybody's really good, but a lot of them guys that are their own man, why are they always trying to bomb money off me? Why don't you just be your own big old boy and raise up your own money? Well, I'm going to show you how independent I am. Well, you're independent of labor, too. You know, independence... It's something that's considered an American value, but it's not an American value, it's an American curse. Because it's hypocritical. You know, when I was being wheeled in on a gurney to get care for my heart, I wasn't saying that I didn't like hospitals, doctors. I was really happy for a small group that was gonna work on me. When I'm really discouraged and it seems like the, bre the, the heavens are brass and, 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 and I'm, I'm coming out of a funk and, and sometimes I just need a brother around me, one of the brothers or a small group. Maybe in my quietness. They don't know the desperation I'm really living in at that time. But their courage and their strength and their story, it encourages me. This too will come to pass. Doesn't come to stay. Small groups. Groups are life. And he that isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. The problem with being all by yourself is there's some neat things about it. One, <laughs> you never have an argument when it's just you. Unless you're me, and then I can argue even with myself. But have you ever, do you know what incest is? If you keep marrying within the family line, you begin to have three-eyed people and all kinds of crazy stuff. So we, even our, our state laws say, no, no, no. <laughs> you gotta get a new bloodline. Well, some people are dying of mental incest. They have their opinions of God, they've got their ideas, and I just come to church because I'm coming in here so they can feed me. Really? I kind of raised my kids up. We feed you so you can get off your dead butt and go work now. Feeding is just so we can feed and feed and then feed again and then not plan to do anything and then feed and then feed some more and then not do anything. You eat because you're going to work. So you can have strength and creativity. We come into God's house and yes, we get stuff from lecture church. We've got great speakers that we bring in here. I think, I, think, I think people are fed at joy. But we won't have reached our destiny if it's all about feeding me. Feed me, Elmo. And we don't understand that Jesus said, my meat, what feeds me is to do the will of him that sent me. The food that fed Jesus was going into the world and preaching good news and hope because not everybody's got the cool life I've got. And so to the best of my ability, by preaching the gospel, I want to bring a lot of people into an interaction with Jesus Christ because all the good stuff happens when you're born of God and you're blended into the family. And you get with other people who don't agree with you totally. There's something about the conflict. Marriage conflict is good if it's within boundaries. You know the worst kind of marriages? 
where both of them are stupid and they think they're smart and they're not responding to God and his word. The, the great marriages are where she's bored with her opinion, he's bored with his own opinion. They want to know what Jesus says, they do that. And every once in a while there's still friction and we just go, oh, okay, what, what would Jesus want right now? Well, I don't want to go to small group, Pastor Steve, because, you know, I might not like everybody there. I'm going to be honest with you. From time to time, I don't like any of you. <laughs> don't feel like a victim. I look at a mirror and don't like me either. Have you ever just get sometimes tired of humans in general, and especially yourself? I mean, it's good to brush your teeth and... So you don't even die of your own bad breath, much less someone else's. Shakespeare, Billy Shakespeare said funny things. What, what, what foolish people we mortals be, or what, you know, what fools we mortals be. I think we need to laugh at ourselves because others already are. <laughs> and then I need to go and I need to be with God and I need to be with my brothers and my sisters. I need you. Well, you look like you could, you're a standalone guy. I'm telling you, at, from time to time, I've exercised courage. From time to time, I will fight to the death against an angry mob to defend what I love. But if I was always all alone, what a lonely life that would be. Sometimes after a battle, it's good to have a brother say, oh my gosh, that was a gash. And put in the bomb of Gilead. This church is filled with the histories and prayers of a lot of people that poured in. Ecclesiastes 4 verses 9 through 10 says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Can I tell you something? We don't lose anybody at joy that, that keeps from isolating themselves. Backsliding at joy always looks a little bit like this. I don't want to hear from anybody. Well, I'm not going to that small group anymore because they're so negative there, which means they disagree with the sin you want to do. And you begin to find out that you're, you're getting a lot of goodness just out of your own thinking. And you warp out. And then pretty soon you begin to talk about your, your group and talk about the church that's larger as they. Your, your small group and your church, weren't you, wasn't it we? I'm going to tell you something, it's we. I've been small grouping with brothers for 40 years now, and even the times when I was in a major fist fight with leaders, I never quit saying we. The minute you say you and they, that's divorce talk. As long as you're saying we, we can cuss and scream and holler and fight and wrestle. We're going to get through it. But when you isolate yourself, you know, <laughs> I don't need any help. We've had people that we've ran into on the street and they're shaking from, they're tweaking. But someone got them out of the church with bitterness. Oh yeah, that's a, you know, 
methane is always a better choice than just laying your life down in a small group saying, hey, I'm going to be a part of God's people. Because two are better than one. For if one falls, the other will help him up. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. We see in Acts chapter 12 an interesting picture. (laughs) Acts 12, 5 through 17, Pete's in prison. This is Peter. He was imprisoned for preaching the gospel. And it says, but while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrist. Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and the second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city, and this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street, and then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. Talk about a guy that needed coffee. He hadn't been to the Northwest yet where we invented coffee up here. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the, watch this, home. He didn't stand out in front of the the, the temple hoping that somebody, is there any like division of the temple that cares for guys that have been in prison, released by angels that actually need some help? You know, a lot of calls don't come to our office because they're, they're being handled on a small group level. So Peter got released by the angel and he's heading for the small group. He went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate and a servant named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back to Mary Tyler Moore inside and told everyone. Remember Mary Tyler Moore and Rhoda? I thought it was cute. Anyway. She ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. When, when she insisted, they decided it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. He motioned for them to quiet down and told them how the Lord had led him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers what happened, he said, and then he went to another place. Wow. Group is life. (laughs) Peter was saved because this church was praying in a home. Well, we have great public meetings, but I'll tell you what, we got great meetings in the homes too. So many of my epiphanies have come in, in, in a car on the side of a mountain, small groups. When we're all together, it's distracting. We're talking, we're singing, we're leaping, we're dancing, we're doing crazy stuff. But a lot of times when you're alone or a small group, suddenly a friend will just pose a question. It was uh, at, at, at a lunch with Jerry and Jamie and they were talking about taking toys to uh, La Paz and, and, and I just, the Holy Spirit hit me and I said, they don't need toys, they, they need a local church. Do you know anybody that, that, that God could send there? 
Their eyes got big. Later on, I, I, I'm mad at myself. I shouldn't listen to God. I lost Jerry and Jamie from here. This small group, two, four of us at the table, Holy Spirit speaks, boom, business is transacted. It goes on. Tremendous place. Group is life. There's growth, freedom, life are waiting in the place of godly community. Life happens in godly community. It's not an additive. It is to be an essential element of our life. Even Jesus chose to do life with a godly community. He chose 12 men to do life with. He could draw a crowd, but he said, you know, to really get business done, I need to slim it down and go and put the best of my love into 12. Does your life include intentional community? Does your life? So many of you, yes. But how many of you know, I believe that my goal is 100% of us will find our way into small groups because of how powerful it is. And, and I'm going to go into it at the end of this with an anecdote of just something that's current right now. We're going to launch our new uh, Connect groups and, and, and our new semester or, or, or term of, of the Connect groups, which are our small groups, happening February 4th. It's a good time to really pray about it and say, Lord, help me to get, get involved in a small group. Uh, there's an exciting young pastor uh, named Mekon Carter up in, in Yakima. God's done some great things through Mekon. He was hell on wheels, got saved, and just really shaking the town up there. He says this, change happens in circles, not in rows. How many of you know you're not sitting in a circle? You're, you're in a row. Information comes here. But nothing happens quite like when you're face-to-face -face in a circle with maybe it's you and your wife, maybe it's you and your friends, and, and, and there's input. I even like circular prayer when I'm alone with God. I like to know he's there. He speaks to me through his word. He speaks to me through conversation. And it isn't me, got God on the side or behind me. He's in front of me for face-to-face. -face. It's powerful in that. Let's look at what a, a small group should be. It, ideally, it's a group who will contend for your freedom. In verse 5, uh, these guys are, while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. <laughs> they weren't just like, oh, well, Pete's gone, you know. Que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. No, no, no. Whatever is, is being needs to not be that, but something be needing to happen. If, if, when I go through battles, I want them friends like the guys that pulled up to rescue my dad. I want some of y'all to be in that car ready to fight, yeah. not ready to go and, 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 and bless me in my death. Send me rescue team, not the coroner. And these guys were praying earnestly for, for Peter while he was in prison. The, the message uh, paraphrase says that they prayed for him most strenuously. Galatians 6, 2 says, share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. Share each other's. How, how can I share them with you if I don't even take time to be with you? Right. Yeah, well, people bug me. I'm a pastor and they bug me. The good news is I bug me too. But I'm not called to just take the goodness of God. My life is rich and full. It really is. Now would be the easiest time to get really selfish with my life Kim and I have an exit strategy, and that's to die at full speed. We're remodeling. We, we, we built 
additionally in our house, storage area, because we're turning our garage into a boy's house, to have six guys live in our house with us. Well, won't they bother you? Probably, I'll want to kill them from time to time. Like I did my kids, like I've done every elder I've raised up, every, how many of you know God is great and the rest of us suck? But it's when sucky people get humble and love each other that great things happen. I love people that are like, I love everyone, which is Johnny. Johnny really does. He may be the only Christian in this whole church. He does. He bothers me. I just don't even like him sometimes. It's like, Johnny, have a bad attitude occasionally. Really? Can I schedule it, Dad? Because I, I feel so good now. Oh, just stick around me. I'll bring you down a little bit, you know. But some of you need someone like me that isn't just always sweet and happy to go, well, then how does he stay that way? It's by decision. Love is a decision. It's not always an emotion. It just overwhelms you. Okay, number two, a good small group is a group who will celebrate your victories. The church celebrated wildly. The message says in Acts 12, finally they opened up and saw him and went wild. I'm wild. I'm wild when I heard that opening service that Aaron and Danny had 220 people in their service. So bitter, it took us 25 years to get to 220. <laughs> well, I guess he's a better dancer, he's pretty, he doesn't scare the children. What's the difference between Aaron and I? Aaron's likable. I'm still celebrating, I'm at his party, hey, woo! I'm his dad, I'm his dad, kind of, yeah, you know. Come on now. There's something that's so sad in churches when, when we don't celebrate. When God does something great for someone else, man, jump on it. Yeah, our God, he's doing great things, I'm next. The people that believe they're next are the ones that God meets. The ones that get bitter and never can celebrate someone else's victory. Number uh, three, a group who will help cult cultivate common identity and belonging. We're a community of people. Do you see the craziness that's out there in culture? Who is going to influence your babies? I want to tell you something, joy people. Get your butt here to every time we have the doors open so your kids can get inundated with joy values, which are biblical values, because God only knows who your kid's going to come up with they're going to marry, and then all of a sudden, you're going to become a grandparent held hostage by a marriage that didn't survive, but you got two or three little babies that need to survive, and you're tired, and you're in your 50s, and you're raising your grandkids because you didn't take the time to build community for your kids. So you come in here, you get saved, quit thinking your own brilliant thoughts, think what God says, stay together, and all of a sudden, together, we have some kids that can get married and have good marriages and not get the good one after the two other divorces. Oh, honey, I went to that joy church, but he scares me. He's opinionated. I am opinionated. I, I'm totally opinionated. There's a reason. There's a reason that my kids slept on the pews. There's a reason that my kids would go home red-eyed and blurry-eyed, have had too much sugar and stay up too late. 
You trot up four people that are any smarter than my four. They didn't need to go to bed at 7.30 every night. They needed to see apostles and prophets, teachers and evangelists. They needed to have their spirit activated. And that came because we were in the midst of people and loving people. And that's why that after, after Friday night worship and Johnny and Natalie and Riley, they're doing a youth rally down in the foothills of Mount Lassen area. And they, they jumped in the car and they drove another four miles, four hours. Because we trained them to hard march. Not that the Schmelzers are going to be the most pampered, wimpy, wussy, Miss Church on every hand. Because why? Because I wanted an identity. This is who we are. Schmelzers love God. Schmelzers can play through the pain. Schmelzers can be betrayed. That doesn't change your contract. Schmelzers can face what looks like defeat. But God says that no enemy will stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. This is a, we are gritty. We're a gritty people. Your butt needs to be here. You need to be here. You need to stand up and serve God with a full heart or go to a church where they only want a quarter of your heart. Jewish rabbi did a TED talk and he talked about how that, he said, how do we Jews survive? Scattered all over the world. And we have distinctive Jewish values. He said, because we have never quit telling our story. Some of you keep thinking I'm a liar. Some of you think I have my head up my rear end. And you come up with your own groovy plan of where you can take your kids into compromise and still get the same results. I want to tell you something. I gave birth to four, or Kim did, me cheering. I don't have one to sacrifice. I don't have your child to sacrifice. It's important that you see the old man's there. You preach, I'm here cheering for you. I'm here cheering for you and your babies when you prosper. And I'm wincing when you start to say, well, we're gonna be missing Sunday because we have a sports program. I'm a sports nuts. I don't, I don't think you should miss church. The team I raised up, we were champions. Hit 12 years old, I said, I can't coach anymore. Gina was on that team. The team I raised up in the next year or two became state champions. Some other coach had to take them on into the Premier League. Understand. I'll tell you this, there's no sports program that's going to take me from bringing my kids into God's house. This is where it really happens. I know I'm over time. I know it's time to shut down. The number four thing is a group needs you to complete the circle. Put that picture up on the board. I want to talk about real life. I ask your indulgence for a few more minutes. Because I want to talk about life. We all meet each other as strangers. The Bible said that a, an elder must be given to hospitality. Did you know that every one of us came, every one of us at Joy met as strangers at one time. 
Even the girl that I fell in love with and married, I, I didn't know her. I had to meet her. <laughs> when I met her, I go, va-va-va-voom. But then she had to not think I was a jerk anymore before we could actually do much business. There's a beautiful lady here, Jamie Panetta. Last three weeks, I said goodbye to two guys in my small groups. I said goodbye to Dan Doddington. Been in the church 20-some years. He's literally in my small group. Just can't forget him sitting in there. So content to be with the brothers. He's in glory, and I hope he's getting some tables for us. Because some of us homies are going to follow him in time. And I hope I go to heaven and there's some welcome, some fellowship. And then the 31st of December on a Sunday, a sweet sister came up and gave me a dream that let me know that God was taking my Jerry, our Jerry. She said, I saw Jerry with a white, white shirt and a beautiful smile. And he was celebrating it. I said, thank you. I wasn't crying then. And as Tony walked away, I said, God, no. My assignment is to pray. You can take him if you want, but tomorrow I'm still praying. I'm praying today for Jerry. The next morning on the 1st of January, I'm confessing and I'm praying for Jerry and I'm telling Kim and I get a call. And I knew that the office had overruled my prayer. Now, this little blondie, she's cerebral. Next to her is another cerebral lady. Don't ever get those two together and have an argument with them. They're brilliant. So Jamie had called me a month, month and a half before she said, Pastor Steve, I need help. I need you to get me help now. We need a couple to come here and help us. Saturday, a week ago, we said goodbye to Jerry. And based on covenant, Kim and I flew down. And I wanted to be accountable to the same group of people I asked to believe with me for Jerry's complete healing. I wanted to come as a stand-up man and be accountable. Tell them I've cried my eyes out too. I can never replace your pastor. He was one of my dearest friends. But God is good. Jamie's saying, I believe I'm still called here. The church is saying, we believe, Pastor. Testimony after testimony of the beauty of Jerry Panetta. But because of relationship, God had already begun to do work a work. This couple here, this is the first meeting these three ever had together. Jamie only knew that I was sending Larry and Katrina because of relationship. Come here, Pete. 
If you go to small group and you're big phony, you're not helping the small group and you're not changing. Relationship is where we're close enough in a circle. We love to, together, we cry together. We obsess together sometimes and we heartily disagree together. <laughs> You'll never understand joy if you don't understand what engine moves Kim and I. And that is covenant love. If I tell you you're my friend, when I tell you you're my friend, I, I have an invoice that's billed in my mind. If I say to Buddy Acup, Buddy, you're my friend, I know I can't just be his friend. I will be Wendy's friend. I'll be their children's friend. I'll be their baby's friend. And it may cost me. Who are Larry and Katrina Dean? Well, Larry and Katrina, she's a Harvard girl. She comes from snooty people in Boston. They all went to Harvard. She wanted to go to, I think, Vassar or uh, some snooty-like Boston kind of a college. She's a brilliant lady. She's a great educator. She's a great teacher who would be like a best friend like to Jamie. And her and Larry had a very successful business in Willamette Valley manufacturing grass seed. Grass seed would be brought into their place and they would process it and sell it. They sold their business. Their daughter is the medical director of the city of Santa, Santa Barbara, California, or the county. Their daughter, who's a doctor, said, Mom and Dad, if you'll move to Santa Barbara, I'll rent you a house and pay all your expenses just so you'll watch the babies. And I get a hold. When I get a covenant call from my sister saying, You, here, here's, here's an invoice I'm building you. I need you to send me a quality couple. I start going to work on the phone, talking to Dave and Kimmy Miller, who just retired from the, our sister church in Bend. And I, hey, you guys want to rock and roll? We'd love to, but we got this. And then I go, oh, Larry and Katrina. And I call them up and I say, hey, do you want to take some time and not be babysitters yet? We, we have a whole church that needs a level. These guys said, hey, we'll do it. And if you look at that gentle spirit, he reminds me of somebody. He has the same gentle spirit of Jerry Panetta. I want to tell you something. Don't you ever worry about resources. You give your heart to God and you will find Jehovah Jireh. There will be a ram in the thicket. Am I boring you stiff or is this where the good part begins? Jake went through hell. And one of the guys that was going through hell with him was this man. He was an elder at the church. And Larry faced a lot of persecution standing up to do what was right. Jake is my son. I'll agree there. 
But if you go through hell, I'll be there for you too. For months, I would talk to Jake sometimes two, three hours a night after our work was done. I'd go into the night shift and I would talk to my son how that when it looks like we're losing, we're still winning. So when Jake went through that hard storm and Larry hung on to, to try to save a church and he was ran under the bus. But it was me still there, Larry. We're winning, Larry. I want to tell you something. If you think that small groups are all just about cocoa and a, and, and, and a molasses cookie, you, you're missing it. Well, that's a good reason to go. I'll go for that. But it's about being merged into communion with God. You house the Holy Spirit. Anybody catching that small group is more than what can that small group do for me? It's just another extension of family. It'd be way too boring with the excellent children that are already out of the bag could you imagine if I said, I did my job, I got four excellent kids, no, I, I've, got, I've got a world ahead of me. Two young pastors took over a church in, that was in disaster. It went from about 350 down to about 70. It's back up to 400. Just talking to them, they said, would you be our pastor? We don't have any money. I said, neither does Medford. We've been running on nothing anyway. <laughs> I'm not here to talk about myself as much as I just want you to know. The Bible said that those that, that lead you, it said, whose faith follow? You won't know my faith unless you hear the behind the stories. When I called these two up, they went to prayer. They called back. They said, you know, we have an immense prayer team in Eugene. We're going to, that whole prayer team is aligning their prayer towards La Paz. Wow. There's something about being a friend, a connector. Some of you get on me. I know I'm way over time. For you visitors, God bless you. Thank you for coming. I'm doing a little bit of family business. How many of you have had me introduce you to the same person two or three times? Raise your hand if I've done that to you. I already know them. You keep introducing me. And I will tell you this, and I will tell you what I know, and I'm going to tell you what I suspect about you. We have a friend. His name is George Elliott. He prophesied over Rachel Willis in a presbytery two, three years ago, I think it was. Was that that long ago? And he said, Mike and Susie's daughter, Rachel, said... God is going to raise you up and you are going to comfort grieving missionaries. Rachel was at Jerry's going home. She's there doing that. Some of you have a personal relationship with George. Some of you have got loans through George. He's a prophet of God and he's got a mortgage company. How many of you got loans through George? Get your hands up. Come on now, don't be ashamed. We didn't think everybody was Dave Ramsey and could buy everything cash. I will tell you about my friends. 
Every friend in my world is your friend. Because I won't bogart my friends. I won't bogart my friends. Danny Wonia, Danny and Giselle came here. We had, we had that training. Did you know something? In, the, in, the, in, in, in a hospitality and friendship, anointings ratchet up by sometimes two or three times. You guys get used to it. Oh, yeah, people come in here and they like joy, you know. No, no, no. It's called small group. Danny and Giselle and Kim and I, when we were dreaming of what God would do, we used to pray with each other every Tuesday morning or whatever morning it was. When Erica would nearly die with asthma, we'd be praying. When our hearts were broken, they'd be praying. You don't need anybody if the world's all sunshine. I am a rock, I am an island, and a rock feels no pain. Oh, that's great theory, but in real life, woe to the man that's all alone. Let's stand together. By the way, they're all happy. They're all excited. Jamie is so thrilled to be receiving help. I hope I didn't sound too pushy or too morose. But whatever game I enter into, I play to win. You ever play me anything? If it's badminton, I'm going to kill you if I can. Risk especially. Monopoly. Yeah. Spelling games, I won't even play. That's Kim. But in the game of life, I will tell you this. I thank God for small groups all around me. You men. If you're not in a small group and you say, I can't find one that fits my time, you let me know what your time is. If your time's two in the morning, I'll come and we'll start one. If your time's five in the morning, I'll come and I'll start one. There's nothing wrong if I get four or five small groups that I'm a part of because I believe that's the table where we really grow when we're honest. If we're all playing Christian Chatty Cathy malarkey games, saying praise the Lord all the time and no one ever gets down to it like I'm hurting, I want to kill my husband. It's in the agony where the good stuff happens because that's where Jesus lives. He lives where people really hurt, where they have need. And he's there. How do you know? We're going gonna, gonna to have exploding connect groups. But I want to get into your head before we pray. I want you to be like me. The greatest title that I have in this church is not pastor or founder or the founder of Siskiyou Bible College. I don't care about that garbage. The greatest thing I can ever hear from any one of your lips is Pastor Steve, you and Kim are real friends to us. That's the highest title that I, I know of. That and daddy and grandpa, a friend. Because a friend loves at all times. God is the greatest friend I've ever had. And I want to imitate God as a child. Right now, if you're here and you've never joined God, I'd ask you to step out of your chair. Maybe you're going, man, I like these values. That's kind of what I've been looking for, man. Everybody abandoned me. God wants to roll up with his car. 
call you by name. My dad didn't even know how these guys knew his name, but he sure took the help. And God calls you by name. He's rolling up with the Holy Spirit and the angels. And he's calling you by name and saying, hey, are you do you want to fight it out on your own? Or do you want to help me blow away the opposition? It takes humility to say, I need God. I've been fighting drugs. I've been fighting anger. I've been fighting porno. Whatever you're fighting, say, I need God. I don't want to just do this on my own. I need the team around me. I need the first small group to join as the Trinity. And then find your place in the house of God. Come on down if you're here and you haven't joined Jesus. We want to pray with you. We want to take the time to get you into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. We have, we have it where we pray with you, but you can also receive Jesus at home. The key is receive Jesus wholeheartedly. Not a third of your heart. Wholeheartedly. Love him with all your heart. How many of you can say, hey, this is touching my heart about being a part of more than just myself. That when I'm a part of a group, I come to give. I don't come to just take. There's something about your beautiful smiles, guys. I walk in this church, sometimes I'm discouraged and I see your smiles. And something in that grit part of me says, kick it up, schmelz. If they can smile and they can go through their trials and they're going to love God and not turn away, you can do it. You can do it today. You can do it next week. You can do it till the day that Jesus calls you home. We encourage one another in our small groups. We encourage one another here. And you're encouraging me right now to finally conclude, and I'll do that. Lord, I pray for the church. I pray, God, that even as we looked at Jamie and, and Larry and Katrina Dean, I pray a blessing upon the, the rescue team and the good guys that are there already on the ground. And Lord, Larry and Katrina, bless Joy Church La Paz, Destino Cristiano, Lord, I pray that you change our hearts and minds. I know that what I'm preaching today is deep. What many people think is deep in the Bible is weird stuff. We don't care if the gate to hell is the Bermuda Triangle, but we do know one thing, that greater love hath no man than to lay down his life for a friend. There's no greater exercise than getting married and living your life with, with a guy or a gal and through your weaknesses, you grow together and you don't abandon one another. You put good value and good treasure in your kids and you might even go bankrupt. You might even lose a house, but you're not going to quit because you're more than the things that you have. You're a composite of your values and the strength and the love and the commitment you have for one another. Lord, I pray that you take us deep, God. Take us deep into real spiritual change because real spiritual change will change what we do with our time, what we do with our money, what we do with our scheduling. Help us, Lord, to open up our hearts to others in the area of small groups. Give us creativity. Maybe, maybe a small group will spontaneously open just a couple of guys at the mill having coffee together, and next thing, one guy's coming to Jesus. And there's two or three gathered together in your name, Lord. We welcome spontaneity, God. Build your people up, I pray, with peace. In Jesus' name, amen.